0: Welcome to the Oxygen Advantage podcast with your host, Oxygen Advantage founder Patrick McKeown. With the Oxygen Advantage podcast, we aim to show how functional breathing is an essential part of a healthy and well balanced lifestyle. Each episode, we meet experts in their field from around the world and talk about their lives, their experiences, and how they learned the importance of breathing. Join us and get inspired.
1: Get the Oxygen Advantage. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. Well, I suppose we've no idea where it's going to go, but it'll we'll we'll go with it. Um, yeah. I'm talk, talking talking about Gemma Myrna and Gemma. You're pretty uh well known. Um, Ruth was kind of filling me in a little bit of background. You're former Hollyoaks.
0: Yes, I am. I uh, played a character called Carmel McQueen for over eight years. Um, yeah, on the wonderful Hollyoaks. So, um. Yeah, it was an amazing career, amazing time of my life. Um, And being an actress is just amazing as well. So, yeah, that's kind of where my journey kind of started. And then obviously now I do everything other than that.
1: (laughs) And then it's quite a it's a big transition then, isn't it? It's kind of going from often I feel with, say, somebody who's an actress, it's very much extrovert and you're putting everything out into the world. Yeah, with, with breathing, you're you're bringing everything into yourself to some degree. You no, know, of course, there's something lovely about it.
0: It's really interesting that you say that, actually, because I don't think I've ever been an extrovert. But I think if people meet me, will think, "Oh, yeah, she's definitely an extrovert." But I'm not. I'm quite an introvert. I quite like my own um time. I get quite overwhelmed with a lot of people. So when I was an actress, not only are you on a show, you're filming for like 12 hours a day, your life is 70 hours within that building. It's like, that is, it's so fast paced. Then you're out on the red carpet, then you're doing all the press events. And it was all quite a lot for me. And I think because I'm quite, well, I would say I am a highly sensitive person. Over time... I think that really burnt me out. Um, and then, uh, eleven years ago, actually in July, my dad passed away very, very suddenly. He, um, yeah, my granddad passed away, and within a week, he passed away as well. Wow! So I had a massive trauma that that happened to me around twenty-eight. Before that, as well, I just got married, so it was a month after such wow. a happy time to you know that happening. And I think from that moment, it kind of changed my perspective on on life and what life mm. was about. Obviously, it always does when there's a, a death in the family. But I kind of couldn't keep up on the treadmill. I can't, yeah. you know. I I didn't have that time or that space or that, you know, the, the time to pro- probably. If I like, I say now, if I had the tools that I have now, then I probably wouldn't have had to walk away from the job. Um. Yeah. but I did. I. I. I kind of did the job for another two years, and yeah, it, it, I suffered severe with anxiety, with stress, with overwhelm, and it got to the point where I was like, I need to step away from this to find out what's wrong with me and to heal myself as well. Because in that shiny world, you have to be perfect, and I had such. Mm. A, mm. Uh, I, I I put a lot of pressure on myself with this perfectionism. And if you think 11 years ago, it was a lot more like that. No one spoke about mental health. No one spoke about grief. No one spoke that I can't actually keep up with this pace of life within my job. You just did it. And then you kind of sorted yourself out behind closed doors. You know, where yeah, now yeah. I think we're in such an amazing space where we can talk about it more and we can, our story, we can help more people. So that was kind of the transition why I moved um, from TV into the wellness space. And it just started off by going to yoga classes again, which I'd practiced Mm -hmm. since I was about 18. But when my dad passed away, I found like when I was on my yoga mat, I could be my most vulnerable self. I could grieve. I... And it also, the practice made me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, I couldn't just sit and meditate. My mind was so busy. I had no control over my thoughts, like none at all. My mind controlled me. So that's why I I started doing yoga. And then it led me into meditation, um, life coaching and hypnotherapy. But that's why I did it, because I felt that my, my thoughts and I had anxiety. I I couldn't control me anymore. My body was taking over. So like the fight or fight response, I was mm. constantly in that daily. And mm. I, I get hold of my I didn't understand my breath. I didn't understand what you had to do. I was like, what breathing techniques? I just don't get it. Like, and at that time, I didn't want to do it because you don't want to help yourself as well when you're going through that because you don't understand it. So, yeah, I would say by stepping on my mat and learning yoga, meditation and learning about my breath was the best thing I ever did, because I always say to my clients and I say it to myself, it's your breath is your power. If you can get on top of your breath, mm-hmm. you can you can do anything, You will your oyster. And, and I truly believe that about the breath. If you completely understand how you can control yourself, if you are suffering with anxiety, how you can bring yourself out of that just with your breath.
1: Mm, you I totally it. agree with you. Tell
0: yeah. Your body is naturally going to go in a fight or flight response.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if
0: just, you can do that with your breath, you're telling yeah. your body, I'm fine, I'm in control. Uh, you know, you listen yeah. to me and that's what i wanted i didn't like the fact that my body was controlling me so so yeah i think
1: you raised a few great points there number one is outwardly you're the pillar of success yeah you're yes, you're, yes. you're very beautiful you're in a you're an actress you're you're famous somebody looking from the outside in and saying you have it all
0: yeah and
1: we don't always consider what's going on we as, we're all human beings and we're all vulnerable. Yes. And the other point that you made was in terms of when your mind is racing, it's difficult to focus on the breath. And I would totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I put it out there that mindfulness is wonderful. But for the person who needs it the most, they will find it most challenging. You need to do something to have to bring a quietness to the mind, but not necessarily by focusing on the mind or focusing on the breath or in the body or in the present moment. Because when the mind is all over the place, the mind doesn't want to be calmed. So you use yoga, which is physical postures to, to get your attention out of it. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, and I think, and just you know, there's many different approaches. It's a bit frustrating at the start. I had a similar journey to you, by the way. My father died, died and I got married four months later so yours died so yeah. you got married and your dad died and I was 30 and mm-hmm. it's a it leaves a real hole oh. isn't it? and it's it's only when you go through it you can't put it into words yeah it's a really and I suppose when you're going through it you don't really you said as well when you're going through it, you don't really know what's going on it's only when you kind of step back at the end of it um that you can kind of witness it a bit or
0: totally and I think that's another thing like no we speak about that a lot more now and this is something I'm quite passionate about pushing is people speaking about grief and to say that you're upset of course you are you've you've lost somebody that you love that's mm-hmm. been part of your life but we I felt like I was maybe it was myself that put the pressure on I am a very much person come on let's just get on with it and I yeah. felt like that was my response and and you can't do that you have to process it you have to um go through all the steps and not just block it out in a way which I think I did going back to work for two years and and it catches up with you it really catches up with you and we're in a different space now because I think people will speak about grief but back back then and especially with you know the position that I was in you had this like celebrities had this perfectionism like they were untouchable you know what I mean so you have to kind of live up to that as well which was so hard work totally totally. because I am I'm just a normal person I love my life like literally being in my pajamas on the sofa with my husband having a cup of tea watching a box set that is me like I love that life but I couldn't show that life because no one's in, in back then, no one's interested in that. They want the shiny version of you, yeah, yeah. which puts so much pressure on. Uh, when, so,
1: when you were talking about anxiety. Was it anxiety or was it a racing mind? And I'm just more interested as well. And say, when you were going through school, did you have a good capacity to concentrate? Did you have a good ability? Did yeah. you if you were to walk from one end of the street to the other were you actually walking there with your attention on what you were doing or would you find that you were you were drifting away or lost in your head a lot
0: oh I'm massively lost in my head all the time like I I, as I've said to you before I'm dyslexic and I wouldn't be surprised if I've got like ADHD or something like that uh, because I am always all over the place in my mind um I'm very, being an actress as well, I think you're so connected to your emotions. Like you can flick a switch and cry in a second or like, and especially when you worked on the show, one minute you were doing a a scene that's fun and laughing. The next minute you're doing a crying scene, then you're back to fun and laughing. So the emotions are like that and you have to pull them out the bag, Like, and this is where, People don't give soap um, actors as that much credit, but we have to go from different blocks and different scenes. And it's not all in order. It's all over the show. So, and you have to show up. You have to do the job because if you can't do the job, they just replace you with somebody else. So mm. it's... Um, was, was, there yeah. ever,
1: was there ever... Sorry to cut across you. Was there ever a time that you forgot your lines or anything like that? Because I'm only thinking... Um, Going into a stressful situation, like we could talk here and here, no problem, we're talking away. but mm-hmm. threw a camera on us, and now there's a camera there, and there's people around you and there's more pressure and was yeah. was that something that you trained or did you self-regulate your physiology there at that point back in your career?
0: Not at the beginning not at the beginning. so when I was younger, I used to re- I loved to sing on stage. I hated the nerves that came with it so I'd be physically sick before stepping on stage and things like that like my body would go in to absolute meltdown like fight or flight so I'd had this from a young age but I'd learned to like live with it and give the performance and then the performance gave me the buzz so then I was like oh, I want to do more of that but actually doing the job wasn't the best for my health if you understand what I mean, like probably over time, like anybody else probably would have gone, I'm not doing that again. But I just kept yeah. going back and doing it because I still had such a passion to to sing and act. And I remember when I went for my audition for Hollyoaks, it was a big open audition and I went dressed as the character. Um, I'd heard a family was coming in. So I dressed for the character and that's the part that they absolutely loved. Like Carmel, my character wasn't actually written in the the storyline. They, once they'd see me dressed as the character, they'd written her in, um, oh. which was amazing for me. But I remember that audition. I don't think I ate all day. I was shaking. Like my my body would literally go in to shock and would shake. But I could pull a performance out the bag as soon oh. as it was like action. I'd...
1: You were able to put the critical mind aside. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing.
0: But, and I think... I think it all just got a bit too much for me. Do you know what I mean? I just couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. Especially when I'd lost my dad, like that, that kind of made me go, Oh, I can't keep doing this. So I have Mm. to figure out what to do with my body. So, you know, you know what I mean? It's like,
1: go away and
0: really do my research to go, What's happening? Why, when I get nervous, does my body completely shake from top to bottom and I can't stop it? Like Mm. I have to go and do my own research and work out what I need to do to help that. So now if I went back into the acting industry, I wouldn't get that nervous anymore. Mm. I know Mm. know how to regulate my breath, my thoughts. I know to meditate and ground before I do a performance. But back then I just didn't know. So it it was education. That I needed to do for myself
1: yeah yeah and you know there's simple tools I was I had an, uh, an interview with five panelists and there, there were cameras involved and the interview went on for about an hour and a half and uh it was it's for tv it was a situation whereby they put pressure on the individual hoping that the person is going to crack you know yeah. so beforehand they left me waiting outside the door for about seven minutes so I was sitting, I was just standing outside the door and I could feel my heartbeat was increasing, you know. Mm. And I said, well, I'm not going to go in in this state." So I was just simply doing what the things that you're doing is a very soft breath in. Yeah. And a really slow and relaxed, gentle breath out. Mm. And all I'm doing is telling my body, telling the brain that everything's okay.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And
1: your heart rate settles because you're stimulating the vagus nerve and you're going into this situation and you're putting the critical mind aside. And I'm walking in with my attention dispersed throughout the body onto the breath in the present moment. And I'm ready to face anything. But it's so simple. And I, okay, I'll take that back a little bit. It is simple. I agree with you. But it's not put out there.
0: But we're not taught this. We're not
1: taught it. Yeah. This is the thing.
0: If we were taught from children how to regulate our breath, how to not let our inner critic take over our thoughts Mm. and self sabotage us and stop us from living the yeah. life we want to live. Because generally, our inner critic is just there. Yeah,
1: totally. I was just thinking fear. this morning, I would much rather have been doing this in school than my geography lesson.
0: Exactly. So
1: let's get rid, get rid of geography. Yeah. And let's do an hour every day of this because this is a life skill. It and is. And the other thing, Jem is, you know, you as an actress, can you imagine now a young kid going into that scene with all of the social media and it can be harrowing you know and the only thing is with a bit of age it kind of gives you a little bit of resilience that things don't affect you the same way they still kind of affect you but you you're better able to cope with them but for a young a teenager or a young person in their 20s they're very vulnerable still
0: totally totally and this is why I've got because I work as a life coach as well I'm very much of a I'd say holistic life coach. So I will, you know, speak to people about this. I will help them out with the breath. I'll help them out with meditation to become healthier within themselves. And I've got a big passion to work in the performing arts industry, in TV, because the amount of actors that I've come across and know within the TV industry who struggle day to day with anxiety depression overwhelm and also then they turn to addictions because sometimes that's the only way that they can mask out the emotion instead of facing the emotion moving through it and coming out the other side and knowing what we need to do like you said that that gentle in and out breath we're telling our body everything's fine you don't need to take over we're fine
1: yeah yeah. And,
0: and we kind of go oh it's simple because we've done it but for people to to start that it's so hard but this is mm-hmm. where I'm so passionate and uh, especially also around stress like there's so many people who are stressed busy but if they gave themselves some breath work
1: mm-hmm. if they
0: gave themselves some meditation time some you know just education write it down journal they'd be able to cope with life so much better. So that is my passion is because, uh, because when I was kind of at my worst, I just thought, oh, I wish someone could tell me what to do. Mm. I went out mm. and did all the research mm. myself, but if I could help that, I just want to help more people mm. to realize that you can live your best life that you want to live, but you do have to do this work. And sometimes mm. it's very uncomfortable. Well, you've got to do it and then you can you can
1: mm-hmm. live a great mm-hmm. life. Yeah, but what's the alternative? You know, I remember first when I would have been living in my head quite a bit. I never considered I had anxiety or anything like that, but I had poor concentration. And it's frustrating when you're going through the school system because you're required to be able to hold your attention on the subject matter. And even though my eyes would be looking at it, my attention wasn't there because my attention was off over there.
0: Yeah,
1: And then as a child... Even though in primary school, I was pretty bright, but secondary school, I went from the top of the class, went down to the bottom. At 14 years of age, I got totally frustrated. I left school altogether. Yeah. I did go back one year later. Yeah. It could have been a lot easier. I got into university and I was lucky enough, I came across breathing exercise at 26 years of age okay. and I started breathing less air than what people. So in breathing, breathing is kind of strange in some way because You've got a breathing exercise here and you've got a breathing exercise there and they're miles apart. So mm. say, for example, what's, what's quite current at the moment is hyperventilation mm. and it's a stressor. So you're, you're stressing the body and mind or you mm. do a long breath hold and it's a stressor. So they're the stress components of it. And what I learned back in when I was 26 was the importance of absolutely doing the opposite. So I sat in a chair I took a really soft breath in through my nose and a relaxed and a slow, gentle breath out to the point of air hunger. And air hunger signifies that carbon dioxide is increasing in your lungs, but then in your blood. But as air hunger, as carbon dioxide accumulates in the blood, my the hands temperature of my hands improved. We can influence our blood circulation, not by breathing more air. If we breathe more air, our blood vessels constrict. Yeah. If we actually soften and slow down the breath to the point that we underbreed, our mind is very anchored onto the breath, but we're also influencing our blood circulation, but also our oxygen delivery. Uh-huh. So even though breathing isn't, so I think, you know, there's an enormous power in the breath. You Like there could be a hundred exercises, there could be a thousand exercises, but it's knowing what to do to suit our nervous system, but also in situations and I think the other thing is how to make breathing accessible without the paraphernalia that comes with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not left of field. It was put into this box that it's over here. There's nothing left of field. You don't seem to be a left of field person. This is breathing right for the normal person. How do you bring it into your way of life? But more breathing is multi, multi multi-dimensional, a little bit complex. You have the biochemical dimension, the biomechanical. You have the body mind connection, vice versa. You can show people how to unblock your nose. There, That was another one I did. I had always a stuffy nose. I was a map reader. I yeah. breathe in through my nose, out through my nose, hold my nose, gently nod my head up and down. Your nose opens up. Any of the listeners can try it. So yeah. it's coming back full story, full circle. You felt that life was on a treadmill. I think life will stop. It seems to be a treadmill. Um, yeah. And All of our attention is going outwards. So when did the penny drop for you that you wanted them to kind of focus on the breathing and yoga and meditation? And by the way, I'm a huge fan of hypnotherapy. I think it's brilliant.
0: It's incredible. And I had a lot of hypnotherapy. Um, I couldn't get on stage anymore and sing. That's how bad I got. So that's Uh, why I went to hypnotherapy to get me back on stage to sing again. And within four weeks, I was back on stage singing in a performance and yeah. I knew what to do. Like the nerves were coming in, but I was allowing the nerves to take over in the inner critic. So I knew what to do. But when I would had the hypnotherapy, I realized that there was a lot more like around grief that I needed to yeah. work through with my hypnotherapist. And now I, I have it as a tool. So I will have hypnotherapy like once a month. It is, for me, normal therapy just wasn't enough for me in the sense, like, I just didn't get it. I found having hypnotherapy, because it was a meditative state, I felt more comfortable. And then the results that came from it, I was like, how in four weeks can I get back on stage and I've not been able to do this for years? That's, That's what really took me into it. I was like, the results just happen for themselves because we're switching off this conscious thinking mind. And the hypnotherapist is just speaking to the subconscious mind where all our programs are stored. And my program had stored that I couldn't get back on stage again. I was going to mess up the performance. And when we went back to the source, it was when I was on stage when I was a child and I'd just like hit a bit of a bum note, but because I was such a perfectionist, that had scarred me so then I didn't want to perform anymore so it's just it is just fascinating because I'm so obsessed with the mind and the brain and again uh, uh, hypnotherapy people think you know the media have made it you know that you the stage
1: thing yeah Yeah, it's unfortunate it
0: it is unfortunate because a lot of won't have it because of that, or they go, "Oh, I'm scared, and I was at first. I remember when I started to relax, I did feel like I was going to have a bit of a panic attack, but it yeah. was the fact that I hadn't been that relaxed ever in my life,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it was,
1: yeah, I remember meeting there was a a consultant surgeon in Ireland, Dr. Jack Gibson. now I think he was born in South Africa. I don't know how he ended up in Ireland, yeah, and he performed three thousand operations without anesthetic using hypnosis. And he was 92 years of age, and I went to meet him in 2002, and he Mm -hmm. hypnotized me. Yeah. And just even the feeling of relaxation, because I think a lot of people, we don't know how to relax. Yes. And the cat outside has no problem. Even
0: Mm -hmm. when your mind's thinking, thinking, thinking. When yeah. you get hypnotized, it, it takes over your body in the sense that it feels that that relax and it's sinking into the chair so much that you go, oh, this is amazing. And then I think from that sort of work, I realized that's how relaxed we should be. We should yeah. be having that relaxation. But in the world that we live in, everyone's so busy and doing. And if they do sit down and relax, they, they class themselves as lazy.
1: No. They, yeah, well, that's one. But if they do sit down and relax, they're scrolling through a mobile phone. But there's nothing relaxing about scrolling through feeds because it's it's overstimulation. And like, I'm nearly 50. So mm-hmm. I have the advantage of probably 25 to 30 years of my life, no mobile phones, no yeah. smartphones, you know, if, if there was times of boredom, I had to kind of embrace it, sit there, recover, rest, recuperation. Whereas now there's no rest. It's overstimulation.
0: It is. And it, I, I tell for myself when I get on, because obviously all my business is online, it is done through social media. So you kind of do it for work. But I can tell when I've spent far too much time on it because I'm up here again and I yeah. have to. I put it on charge, I put it in another room and close the door and I will go meditate or read a book. And how much better I feel when I do that, like one day a week, I'm like, oh, this is incredible. But it's so easy to scroll because they make it like that for you. They, they put the stuff on that you want to see, you know. Um. So, yeah, it's,
1: it's actually it, it's I think it's it's terrible, really, you know, because if you think of major multinationals and they are designing a technology literally to capture our attention so you want to give your attention inwards the body loves it doesn't it when you have your attention on the breath or in the even in the body itself if you're going for a walk and you're not living in your head this is the problem yes yeah
0: no that is the problem and that's where i teach all my um members and clients at mind and wellness is notice what's going on notice mm. what's in write it down see it in black and white like mm. why are you allowing that to control your mm. life um mm. so that's what i try and and teach people and help people with is we should have control over the thoughts. we can easily cancel thoughts out mm. you know but well, people go, no, I can't do that. I'm like, you can cancel it, replace it, and make new plasticity yeah. within your brain. Like, it, it's easy because it's so funny when you hear people talk and they go, well, that person at work, they looked at me funny and then fuming with me. And it, they, we make scenarios up in our head that then we believe that actually are untrue. And yeah. those scenarios just put more pain. We then we up, end up suffering. And it's about not allowing your brain to make up these scenarios because half the time, I remember my hypnotherapist saying this to me, and I've, it's always stuck with me. Don't ever assume what somebody else is thinking and get furious or whatever. Because half the time, we don't even know what's going on in our own brain. So how do we yeah. know what's going on with somebody else? You know, so it's like we all think as well at the moment that we we've got like power over everyone's mind. Oh, that person looked at me. So they, they, they're thinking this about me. You know, it's everyone gets a bit, a bit too in the head and then spend far too much time trying to get out of it. And that I think what causes so much overwhelm, stress, anxiety on top of everything else.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a bit of a vicious circle because if you've had issues in your life, you're more vulnerable and sensitive then to other things that may be happening and things that somebody, whereas it's kind of bizarre if everything is going really well for you. It's like if you're driving your car and you're in great form and somebody cuts in front of you, you're not going to you bother reacting. You're fine. It, it, it doesn't take you over. But if you're in terrible form and somebody cuts in front of you, you're, ah, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a a process though when we start paying attention to our mind at first and we're noticing that there's a lot of thought activity going there and the whole mantra would be is to quieten the mind but it's not just as simple as that sure it's not do you remember the first time that you were you were observing your thinking and then you might bring your attention onto the breath and the mind wanders off you're your attention back the mind wanders off. And some days you find it's a bit better. And other days it's not so good. And there's yes. all of this, you know?
0: Yeah, but people give up so soon. People go, yes. oh, well, I didn't do I, I didn't do my meditation well this morning. I was thinking too much, so I'm not going to do it again. But that's the problem, not going to do it again. When I, I think it was, and somebody just needs to give you the permission sometimes, don't they? Like I remember doing my first meditation course and we had to do it like every single day. And again, I just noticed the benefits. But some days I couldn't quieten the mind. I was thinking of my shopping list and my to-do list. and But I just put it down to, oh, that's not my best meditation. But I'll turn back up tomorrow because my teacher was like, some days your meditations are like that. Mm. But then turn back up the next day and it'll feel completely different. And turn back up the next day. Don't be a crisis meditator where you only meditate when... Things aren't right in your life. But if you have that consistent practice every day, good days, bad days, don't judge yourself, don't put pressure on yourself. That is when you will notice a different w- difference within your mind and the way you react to things. Mm. And that's what I noticed when I done my meditation course. We had to do it every single day for like a couple of months. And I just noticed that thing was things wasn't bothering me as much as they mm. used to. I was so much better and kinder to everyone around me my relationships were flourishing and everything in my life was just feeling amazing Mm. and I was like the only thing really I've changed is I meditate every single day and that's not I'm there for an hour that some days it might be five minutes the other days might be 20 minutes that's every single day though that I just take some time for me and this feels incredible So that was why I I set up Mind and Wellness, what I do now, because I was like, I want to tell everyone about this. Like, I want everyone to do this because we can free ourselves with this amazing practice, you know, but it's just doing it. So it is hard.
1: Totally. So so you you do your formal practice, but Mm -hmm. do you also bring it into your way of life if you're going for a walk and you notice that the mind is a little bit active you bring your attention out onto your breath or if you're maybe shopping and things like that, that's a wonderful thing. Can you go through that a little bit? Because oftentimes I feel I don't meditate formally, right? And I don't always do the breathing exercise formally, but I did them this morning. I've got an exercise bike down below and I do a few things. I do my exercise with the mat closed yeah. I'm breathing into my nose, which is increasing carbon dioxide in the blood, which improves blood flow to the brain. So we can reduce neuronal excitability by improving blood flow. So from a physiological point of view, and then I do some breath holes, which are, I start off with small stressors mm-hmm. and then I increase it a little bit. And that has a calming effect and quietens the mind. But even just as we're talking here, I actually feel that my mind is quite calm given that we're talking about a conversation that as human beings and i don't want to talk it's too it's not new agey but i don't want to sound too new agey oftentimes when we're talking about the quietness of the mind we typically bring ourselves into quietness of the mind that there's something that we're communicating outside of thoughts and i would say to people that are listening just as say you were pointing out there is to go easy on yourself and it can be a little bit and there might be times you're sitting there your mind is actually go for a fast walk with your mouth closed yes. or sit down and do a couple of small breath toes. because I've had some people coming in and they come in with anxiety. And as soon as they even have them bring their attention out of their mind onto their breath, it brings up anxiety. I said, listen, don't worry about it. Can you dance with your mouth closed? Can you do your yoga practice with your mouth closed? Can you gently soften your breathing? Let's start working with the, the physiology. Hum. Humming yes. because it's slowing down the speed of the exhalation. So, your life in terms of the incorporation not necessarily in a format, because i sometimes feel people feel but well, i can't sit down for half an hour i think it's great to do it by the way because it gets the ball rolling but do you also bring it into your way of life
0: Oh yeah totally like on um so on uh, mind wellness like we have all pre-records we have a walk-in meditation so yes. they can put me in their ears and get out walking and the meditation is basically you know take an inhale in through the nose, exhale it out, look at all the birds, is there birds um, you know, flying past you, singing, look at the trees, watch the leaves blowing in the wind, look at the sky. And it's taking people out of the mind into nature. And this is what I always say, have a toolbox of things that help you. So for me, yoga, running, Swimming, meditation, hypnosis. Like there's so much, you know, breathing techniques, like there's so many walking the dogs. There's so much in my toolbox because not every day will I want to sit and do a meditation, you know, in the morning or what. I might want to go, actually, you know what, today I want to get outside, I want to get into nature, but we can still have our meditative state. I love swimming. Mm. I have a meditative state when I swim so again that's another meditation for me so you don't have to as much as you know my recordings obviously they're you know put them in your ears but you can if I say to people like, oh my brain's too busy I was like put me in your ears and go for a walk
1: mm-hmm. yeah. it can be useful listening to somebody else actually it kind of takes you out of the mind yeah. isn't it yeah and,
0: and it's interesting because I, I was speaking to one of my hypnotherapy clients and she's worked she's been part of our mind and wellness for like Two years now, I've coached her for two years. She's also uh, just done a hypnotherapy 12 session uh, package that I do. And she said to me, she said, it was, it's really interesting. She said, because when we first started to work together and I was listening to you on the meditations, if you disappeared, because <laughs> I go, I'll leave you here now just to focus on your breath. If you disappeared, I was like, where's she gone? Where's she gone? Anita. She goes, now, I love that stillness. I can sit and I can meditate. But this is like two years of work but everybody wants it yesterday because we all want everything yesterday I think people have forgot that everything takes time and it's about just being really patient with yourself no pressure and just build it and build it and build it so yeah if you can't sit and meditate get outside you know get into nature breathe in the air and when I was at my worst and I was working with my hypnotherapist, like I used to, when I was on the motorway, be driving to work and I'd have to listen and do the breathing techniques for 20 minutes, 20 minutes or 30 minutes before I could bring myself down. Like I was still up here, like in my anxiousness. And I remember saying to her, I was like, but I'm doing it like 20, 30 minutes, that's fine, keep doing it. And it'll get it shorter and it'll get shorter and shorter. And it does. And that's what I say to people when they feel a bit disheartened or they're having a week where it's not clicking for them. I'm like, you mm. just have to keep doing it. Don't overthink it. Just keep doing it. Mm. And working with your breath, because your breath is your power. If you've got that, you can use it anywhere. Mm. So anything that you do, like you said, you get on the bike, and you need your breath. Mm. So you're still you're still doing it, aren't you? Still doing your new breathing techniques and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just trying to get that out to people, isn't it? That it takes time.
1: Mm. And it's it's wonderful though, because when you learn it, you have you have it for the rest of your life. You know, and it's a tool that it doesn't cost you much. You can use it anywhere. Like in mm. the bike. You're bringing your attention out of the mind. The worst thing, I, well, I don't know what the worst, but there would have been maybe back in my pre- previous life that I'd be on the bike, but I'd be on my in my head. Yeah. You know, you're going through the motions. You're not even paying attention to what you're doing. You know, you're not there. You're living like it. It really comes back to it. We are here for a short space of time. I think we're here for what about four thousand weeks on this planet? It's not that long. And how how much of that time? are we spending that we're not, not even connecting with everything that's going on around us, that we're, we're lost in thought. And, but if we're lost in thought, and that's, if we think of the words awake, and if we think of the word sleep and you know, and the whole the essence of spirituality, aside from institutionalized religion, there was always something that human beings that we have realized that being able to bring a stillness or a gap between thoughts and not just directing our attention but actually quietening the mind itself, so that we then connect with life around us, and I think it is the number one quest. It doesn't get much better than that, does it?
0: It, it doesn't. And uh, again, I was speaking to a client the other day, and we were um, we've been coaching together. And I said to her, "I think the next work we need to do is work on your thoughts." Because she was like, "I was in in a year." on your thoughts Thoughts. because she was like i was in yoga class and i got a bit distracted because the person in front and i like that she had on i was like okay i think maybe we need to start working on the thoughts and the attention and quiet in the mind and i said because i'm at i'm at a place of my life where some days i'm not saying all days but some days i don't have thoughts in my mind
1: Mm. at different times during the day there's just them. quietness there.
0: You can easily get rid of them. And that inner critic, if it comes in, I'm like, see yeah, because I've worked so hard on um replacing it with a positive or replay or or canceling it out that mm. though that doesn't come in anymore. Mm. So it's just I've really I've I've retrained my brain and in that one.
1: When when you say it's the canceling, so you're observing it, you're not forcing it because the mind is that kind of instrument, but it it's that what do we do we acknowledge the thoughts and we realize the thoughts here are, aren't helpful so i'm going to look to bring my attention into the breath or into the moment that's yeah, well, what in terms use, of what
0: we use in hypnotherapy though uh like a thought that we if it's a self-limited belief or it's something that we we don't know and we know that it, it constantly comes in to hold us back through fear we just basically say cancel cancel to it
1: wow and can maybe- i ask you what's the sorry there I'm cutting across you what's the more common self-limiting beliefs that people have I'm just kind of what would you see I know it probably depends on age and whether it's male and female but ones that jump out at you or what do you feel
0: uh, it's you know like say if somebody wants to um, say I'll, I'll make it really easy but oh, I'd love to set up my own business then that mm. in a critical then, oh, you can't do that. You're not clever enough. You can't do that. This And, and this is my own uh, life. You know, I always wanted to kind of work for myself. I always wanted to do things the way that I'm doing now. Obviously, the wellness industry is um, w- with my business. It's, it's evolved through my story. But when I wanted to kind of take it online and become a coach and a hypnotherapist, my inner critic was, you're dyslexic. You're not that clever. You can't do that. You can't." Richard do that.
1: Branson is dyslexic. You know that. Oh,
0: I know. I know. <laughs> the most creative people are. Totally, that yeah. was my inner critic. And it held me back for so many years. So many yeah. years. And that's where, when I did my life coaching, that was when I become aware of what self-limited beliefs I had been placing on myself throughout my life. And once I was aware of them, then I could push through them. And then I showed myself by completing courses, then becoming a hypnotherapist. You can do this. So I had evidence. So that self-limited belief just got quieter and quieter mm. and quieter.
1: And uh, you did so- it in little steps. Yes. You dipped your toe into the water. And, and that's
0: what we teach in, in, you know, as being a life coach, like, My client is about doing things very small. Mm. So creating actions that are like building blocks. So if you want to set up a business in six months time, it's about, okay, let's just take that first little step. Maybe reach out to somebody about a website, have a conversation and a coffee. You've done that. Then when you come back to the next session, you're feeling great. You're Mm. in that positive state. You're like, oh, I've done that. I've had a great conversation. I really like them okay, what's the next step? So let's maybe go and get your, uh, have a look at your name and your logo. Let's do that. So then you're doing all these little steps. Within probably three months, four months, you've done what you wanted in six months. But if you're looking at that six month goal, sometimes you never start because it's too big.
1: It scares the life out of you. Exactly.
0: So that's where a life coach is amazing because we will help you take those little steps and Mm. those little steps build up. To like achieve in that goal that you've mm-hmm. wanted, that you mm-hmm. said to yourself for years, I can't do that.
1: Mm. And um, the other thing is, it, when we so I suppose people we don't necessarily know what our inner critic is, and everybody is going to have an inner critic, or we could have ten different things going on. Um, it's it's having somebody from the outside that's able to approach it or look at it, observe it from a neutral background. And show us the other side of the story. There's always two sides of the story. It's like a kid in school and somebody says something to them. And they're looking at that from one side. And you really do need to have somebody who's able to untangle that.
0: Exactly. And that's where I felt when I got a life coach. That was when a lot really opened up for me. Because you have this other person that is... Completely champion you all the way, your support. You can bounce ideas off them. And if you do bring something up in the session, it starts to get unpicked. It starts to get, why do you feel like this? Why is this coming up? And it starts to get unpicked. And you realize underneath it's just you're scared, like it's just fear. And then when you realize that, well, if we live in fear, we're never going to move forward. And fear is, it's just false evidence. Mm. It's just just a conscious mind in your body trying to keep you safe, keeping you where you've always been. And then that's where hypnotherapy comes in. And that's why I I work both modalities together because I find when people have got self-limited beliefs, using the conscious mind to push forward, it's okay for so long, but it's so easy for people to just fall back into old patterns where when with my clients i will bring the hypnotherapy in so we will speak directly to the subconscious mind change that program and then the results speak for themselves so i i work with clients with both modalities Mm. i believe hypnotherapy really strengthens the life coaching experience
1: Mm. language is amazing because with hypnotherapy The words are very simple but it's the patterns of the words that induce something that's um pretty pretty unique it's it's bizarre isn't
0: it it's unbelievable and i know now it's like um when i use it a lot so if ever i'm in like a situation or a stressful situation i need to relax i just use the countdown like 10 Mm. i'm going deeper and deeper nine I'm going deeper and deeper and as soon as by now and then I can feel it shudder through my body, that relaxation, because the more you do it, the the quicker you go into hypnosis. So that's what I use now um, a lot to relax myself, especially like sleep at night and things like that. If mm. my mind's racing with sorts for work or whatever, I will just use the countdown.
1: Mm. That's yeah. funny. I do too. I have some recordings. Um... And that was stemming back to the Jack Gibson that I had written. I read a book back, I go, that you, you might have read it, it was by Joseph Murphy going back years and years ago, it was called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And uh, it was pretty amazing, you know, and we put out a few audio recordings as well. And dinner you know, now, because we're going through a, a little bit of a transition with our own business here. And I, I would like to come full circle come around to that with you now in this moment, but... And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and there's 101 thoughts going through your head. So what I did was I just hit my own recording. I listened to it for 20 minutes. I fell back and I said, "Okay, this works. So
0: It does work. And and I get you on that because I've had moments when I woke up in the middle of the night and not been able to sleep. And I just press a recording on on a hypnosis. I'm asleep within less than five minutes.
1: Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Even though it's your own voice, you're listening to but oh yeah, But
0: I listen to all mine and honestly it's so weird and I don't mean it to sound like <laughs> but when I listen to my own it's not like it's my voice it's like I zone out it's it, I, it's just it's just a, a meditation or hypnosis voice um so everything that I have recorded I use so at the moment all our members have got a 30-day meditation challenge so all our pre-records, I will put them all together and, and make it a challenge. And like, especially like on a Friday, I'll do like more of a letting go. On a Monday, more of an intention. And I've run through the challenge with them all. And what are we on today? Day twenty-nine. So we're up to day twenty-nine, we've all meditated together. Um, and I've listened to all my my meditations, my voice, and yeah, it's I, I really like them.
1: <laughs> and just so, in terms of that, so you have a, you have a group of members. Yeah. Do you all meet up at the same time? Because I'm just thinking about the group, we as human beings, we like that solidarity in terms of a network of people. Yeah. We we feel compelled. We're not just doing it for ourselves, but we're actually doing it for the group as a whole. And we don't want to let other people down. But yeah. what, 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 way, what way does it work?
0: So basically what we have on Mind & Wellness, we have um, like an online platform. So when you mm. become a member, you have a bank of videos and that's meditation that's yoga that's pilates because it's movement as well but slow intentional movement not i'm not going to make everyone do like 50 burpees because that's just going to take you into your fight or flight you know what i mean like so i'm all about i'm all about movement but at a slower pace so we have that and then we have like a live yoga class every weekend um and then i have a monthly connect call with everyone so we all come together on zoom and we all um have a chat we also set intentions for the month so i will coach them there like how do you want to turn up this month you know like how do you want to feel like write some things down what's your goal for this month and we'll move through it like that this kind of happened over lockdown cuz i took yoga online i started to do my meditation courses and i i always think you attract your own tribe don't you mm-hmm. and all these women just started to come together and we've all been together now for two two years right. and obviously the business has grown and grown and grown now we have this platform and yeah, so with the challenge at the moment, we obviously we have a WhatsApp group as well. So yeah. every day, everyone's got to put like day one, complete. Day two, complete. So even when you get to around, I always say day 27, day 28, you start getting a bit bored and you want to fall off the bandwagon because your conscious mind is going, I'm feeling better now. I don't need it. That's yeah. what happens. I don't need it now. Um, but because you see everyone else pop it in the WhatsApp group, you go, yeah. oh, well, I will just do it. It's only 10 minutes today. So yeah. it keeps everyone going. So, And again, the reason why I wanted to create this community, when I was suffering with anxiety, I didn't have a community of people that made it normal for me. Like me feeling anxious, most people back then said they'd never experienced it. So I was like, yeah. oh, am I the only person like what's wrong with me so I wanted to create a community where people could come together they could talk there's no judgment and you know what not every day is going to be your best day some days you might not feel great like we said about meditation some days it might be good some days it's not but taking that pressure off taking that perfectionism off like turn up where you're at um, and yeah, it's just grown from there, really. So that's kind of the our community membership. That's mm. what I've created. Then we're always adding things in, and that's the next thing I want to bring a breathwork practitioner into it as well. Mm. Um, trying to expand
1: the. We, we would love to contribute in some way, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have a chat. About... We
0: we we want to just expand the platform. I want to bring like a sleep section in. You yeah, know,
1: we have that too, by the way.
0: Yeah, I just I'm, I'm just so passionate for people to live a better life and to yeah. have it all on hand through a phone or a laptop. We just, you know, it's great, obviously, isn't it? Going to classes, but not everyone can access that, or not everybody wants to step into them. So our platform is for people who might be suffering in silence,
1: yeah.
0: and there's a step into this world, and there's and they feel,
1: so, safe. They feel and safe. safe, and I think as well by the language that you use. One thing that struck me, you said that when you do physical movement, you do it slow. Now, I'm just going to think because we in Western society, it's all about the showmanship. And we've seen it in the breath world. And there's, you know, breathing techniques that are very extreme stressors and very.
0: I haven't liked them. I have to be really honest. I, yes. I that me off breath work
1: do you I feel about
0: a year ago and i didn't i didn't like it
1: at all the personality of the founder often trickles through anything that happens and yeah. you were you are bringing in i by the way would resonate more with what you're doing um i often feel that people are so stressed out anyway Yeah. i feel that we want to give them the tools to be able to dampen and I think it's part of your introvert to be honest with you too because you're going with a more introverted style. It's more inward in terms of physical exercise. You're you don't have to have that showmanship, which is yeah. really cool. And I think people introverts have a power by the way. They are deep thinkers, they are very creative. They are they don't take the risks as much as an extrovert because they're thinking things through. They they are very often the people who get things done. There's a huge tra- There's a huge power in introverts. I don't know if you've read uh, Quiet, it's a book by Susan McCain. I too am I'm an introvert. I live absolutely in the middle of nowhere and I talk for a living. So okay. we can straddle both. But yeah. i got to come back. In terms of, do you, when you're working in terms of, say, mind and breath. And you're going, you were talking about the slow physical movement. Was that on purpose or do you think it just happened or?
0: Well, years ago. So when I become a yoga teacher, I was that teacher that would do 20 to 30 sun salutations, everything mm. fast. Um, and over my time within this space, this wellness space, I've completely shifted um, and I think it's we don't need it we don't need this fast pace everything like when I was on the show I was getting up at like five o'clock to go to the gym at six a.m till seven before I started a 12-hour day to go and do a million burpees hit class to really in one way maybe it was egotistical to focus on the external body for it to look a certain way and then now when I if I do that sort of exercise I don't feel good I can get a bit addicted to that exercise I have to Mm. say but over time I will run myself into burnout I'll be ill from it I really will be ill so over my time and as a yoga teacher I've I've really changed my practice. I'm more of a somatic yoga teacher now. I want people to release any stored emotion that's in Mm. the body to really connect the body, mind and soul together and slow down because we are, we live a busy life every day. Why then do we want to be doing something really high intensity? And I always say this with mind and wellness. If I probably put that on, people would love it, but it's not, it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't. It well, with what I'm trying to get out there, I don't think it's good for the general public now because I think most people are stressed, most people are overwhelmed, most people are suffering with anxiety, even if they know all they don't know. So why put that pressure on yourself? Like I always mm-hmm. say to you know, like people go get up at four a.m., do a hit workout, do this, do that. Yeah. You don't need to create your own lifestyle that suits.
1: You. yeah yeah
0: yeah um so yeah it's so that's why i don't particularly like that high intensity anymore um i feel it it maybe it disconnects me from me i think that's mm, mm, i don't feel like mm, i'm mm, connected to myself if i'm doing that so mm. yeah. maybe
1: this was the breath journey though you've because of more inward um you've got a more, a different perspective because you're, you've are you brought your attention inwards. It's almost that like you were living the life that you want to live as opposed to too often we live the life that other people want us to live.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I am living my life that I want to live completely yeah. now. I wasn't before because everyone always just told me what to do. And especially when you're on the show, it's like, I remember like you just, you'd be there all day you've got to do this scene you've got to do that you've got to do this and then you'd be like right you're going to London tomorrow there's a train ticket get on the train here you get picked up and and Mm. I was living a life that don't get me wrong I really enjoyed it and I would you know I love acting I would love to to do other jobs but I was very much living a life that wasn't aligned with me that I didn't want so I do I live every single day I will connect with me and what I want to do. Um, and I think more people should be able to do that we yeah. talk we shouldn't do you know say yes. no to this or i I think we should be able to connect to ourselves and live the life that we want to live
1: the alignment, and I'm just conscious of of time uh your time um the alignment is something because maybe somebody who's listening to us and they're thinking well is is this what I should be doing, or is that what I should be doing or how do we judge it? Like for me, I had a good feeling and sometimes the gut is really, really important. It was, was it for you or how was it for you?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't, um, I didn't work off my intuition was closed off for many years because Mm. I just, I really listened externally what I should be doing. Everybody else telling me how, um, I should be living my life, how I should be doing my career. Like, I look back at the TV industry, there's, there's probably a lot of the stuff that I didn't want to do, but I got told to do. Mm. So I did it to keep my job and to keep people happy within the, the building and the industry. Um, so I was my intuition and gut was turned off. It was like I'd always second guess what I wanted mm. and ask for permission um from somebody else so I think what's happened over time is I had to really reconnect with myself mm. and really start trusting my intuition and me and we're the only people that know the, what the way we should be living our life or or how I think well it takes it takes time to connect with that
1: with, Gemma, you know, Did did you put a question out there did you say I want to find well sometimes I was you know if you're not okay we could have somebody and they're not happy where they are yeah but and sometimes the suffering is good because it kind of compels you that you.
0: yeah totally and I think that's what it is I think you've just got to you just I think sometimes it is that just that sitting down um finding out i and i always say this to everyone you've always got a choice you've always got a choice as much as your situation might be really really hard and you might think there's not a different way there will be Mm -hmm. and just keep working on yourself keep uh Like I I find journaling is quite good and it's really good for a lot of my clients to get what's in the brain onto paper, to see it, to make the next decision. And I think, yeah, I think really try to connect with yourself through a practice of yoga or breath work or meditation, whatever suits you or getting out in nature try and connect with you and ask yourself questions like how do I want to be living my life and how mm-hmm. do I want to feel every day that's one that I really like like how do I want to feel every single day and mm-hmm. if certain situations aren't going to make me feel the way I want to feel I won't go and do them
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, we, mm-hmm. we can say no to things we can put boundaries in place and we can you know but Sometimes people think that they, they can't put a boundary in place, but we can put boundaries and we can say no to things that we don't want to be doing.
1: Mm. Every time we say yes, we're saying no to ourselves.
0: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's, about, it's about taking that power back. Mm. Like, we, like you said, we only have this one life. Like Live it to the best of your ability and give something back to you because the more you give back to you, the better you'll feel and then everything around you, your external situation will change. It really will.
1: Excellent. And that's brought it all together. Gemma, thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Oxygen Advantage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and maybe take the time to leave us a review. The Oxygen
1: Advantage podcast is available from all your podcast providers.